This is Masters Cast, the first He-Man and She-Ra podcast, episode number 18 for June 25th, 2006. Feeling the mellow groove. I'm John Callis, also known as the Shadow. I'm Just a Lion Court, also known as Lion Court. And I'm Katie Carty, also known as Rainbow Bright. So what's up, guys? Woohoo! We're back. Happy to be in Podcast Land. Woo! Podcast Land. I like that. Yes. I'm feeling that <laughs> podcast land. I'm trademarking that right now, so don't anyone else try to take it. Yeah, go go quick register. <laughs> I'm going to register podcastland.com. Right <laughs> it's probably already taken. <laughs> it probably is, but you should check just well, in case. Yeah, that's because true. you know that by the time this show airs, it will be taken. It will be right? taken. Yes, that that's correct. Um, or when this is while we're on the subject of websites, websites, I have a few shout outs. Do you? If you all don't mind. If I do some shout outs, I want to give out a shout out to another uh, He-Man related podcast that's out there uh, for customizing action figures like wow, yeah, with paint. Um, <laughs> I, I enjoy customizing them. I just don't have enough time to really devote to it. But if you go to AmazingCustoms.com, you can pick up their podcast. You know what Very I'm saying? Very cool. Very cool. And I want to also give a quick shout out to uh, Reptile from the He-Man message boards is launching a new website, figures, excuse me, figuresomething.com, F-I-G-U-R-E-S-O-M-E-T-H-I-N-G.com. So check that out. We might be on it. No, <laughs> we might be there. So um, check those out. Um, I said <laughs> so. And um, yeah, that's all you need to know. Now, you know, today we are going to do our Mike Young Productions review uh, show. So I hope you're all excited about that. I don't hear excitement. Hello. Woo-hoo. I definitely am. Is this microphone on? Hello. <laughs> Folks, they're not even laughing at my jokes. <laughs> okay, I All guess. Right. Cheer, cheer. Rah, rah, shish, boom, rah. All right, they're just mad at me because I plugged some websites. I don't know. Okay, we're going to. You people are just not talkative. Do you need to wake up? It's it, it is it is late at night. I know, but is it sounding all choppy for either of you? No. Or is yes. It just me? Shadow sounds majorly choppy. Yeah, shadow sounds yeah. majorly choppy. You do. <laughs> well, I don't sound majorly choppy here. You do not sound. Well, we can uh, hear you now. We do. You don't sound uh, choppy to me. But, that um, is good. I have maybe some, it was just a temporary anomaly. Maybe it is. I have some emails that we got that I'd like to read to you. First off, this is Friday. emails. We have one. Yes, it is Friday. <laughs> Woohoo! I am off of work for two days. Okay, Ryan sent us an email. All right, I'm going to stop talking in that because it's going to get annoying. I wanted to read Ryan's email because of the first sentence. <laughs> He is a lifelong Masters fan and big fan of, wait for it, wait for it, the Foxy Adora. (laughs) A man after your own heart. Okay. He digs the podcast. 
Uh, he really only discovered the podcast about two weeks ago and is catching up on all the archived episodes. Sweet man. Do everyone do remember all the episodes are still available for download and you can get them on iTunes or on our website, masterscast.com. Anyway, if you all recall back on episode number seven, uh, we mentioned uh, we didn't uh, know who a character was on the cover of the Turmoil in the Toy Box uh, book. And Ryan here is suggesting it is Zarak from the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons line of figures. And that's probably totally correct because I'm sure the turmoil in the toy box people hated Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, that was one of the one of the big uh things to boycott back in the day. Yeah. Definitely something Ooh, to yeah. boycott. But um Yeah, I'm just not uh, not feeling it. I'm not feeling Dungeons and Dragons anymore. Probably because I haven't played it in a while. <laughs> I was never an engaging Dungeons and Dragons player. I would just kind of sit there. I actually, this is a true story. Um, I ha- was at a Dungeons and Dragons, you know, meeting or whatever they're called. <laughs> session. <laughs> a session. A there session. you go. And it was a Friday night. Um, this was what? Middle school, I guess. Middle school, eighth or ninth grade. And I'm sitting there. And I happen to be a pretty obsessed fan of the TV show Boy Meets World. And I made them stop <laughs> the session so yes. that we could turn on the TV and I could watch Boy Meets World. Were they mad at first? Yes. Until they saw, <laughs> until they saw the beauty that is Topanga. Then they were, had their eyes glued to that television. <laughs> I kid you not. All right, back to the emails. Real quick, and this is good because this is a news item we need wow. to mention. Um, TJ writes to us, do you have any idea when season two, volume two will be released for He-Man and the Masters of the Universe? I believe Josh has a release date for us. Yes, uh, we don't have an exact date, but it is September of this year. Um, So one of the Tuesdays in September, you'll be able to walk into your store and get it. BCI has uh, launched a, a new label that they're releasing all the DVDs on, which is called Ink and Paint and you can go to their website, inkandpaintdvd.com. They mentioned He-Man and She-Ra, and that's where they've also listed the September release date for Season 2, Volume 2. Yeah, sadly, no, no cover picture yet, but I can't wait to see it. After that yellow cover, I'm like in heaven. Right. So uh, the, uh, this one, I don't know if it can top the yellow cover, but I'm waiting for it to top it. <laughs> that also reminds me, if you go to that inkandpaintdvd.com, you can see the newly revamped She-Ra logo for the DVDs. Yes. Um, it no longer happy. is muddled. It doesn't look like it blends into the background. It really pops now. It, it's the yes. same font, the same classic She-Ra logo, just with some enhancements. So check that puppy out. All right. I think Josh needs to talk about the stactions that uh, are shipping now <laughs> because he's in love well, with them. We are very uh, happy to find out that you can get these in the shops. We thought after Suncoast quit carrying them, that would be... Sort of the end of buying them at retail. But Hot Topic stores around the country are carrying them, and I picked up my three at Hot Topic last weekend. And uh, I think you got a set uh, from Action Figure Express, didn't you? Yeah. Anyway, the three new stations. (laughs) We've got the Sorceress with Zor. We've got Mantena. And we've got uh, Kung Lasher. Beautiful stations now made out of uh, each wave. It seems like has been made out of a higher quality resin, which is yep. really nice. Um, very very happy with the the way these were made. The um, 
you know, I've, I've been going back and forth on this. I think out of the, this is by far the best wave of the first three waves, hands down, character-wise and design-wise. I think that, um, I think the Sorceress is probably my favorite in this one. Uh, but, uh, wow, just an amazing job that they did on uh, these, and I have no complaints whatsoever, unlike Shadow, who does. All right, few things. My main complaint, okay, and this is going to sound petty. It's going to sound stupid. And I'm going to argue with you all the way through it's, this. It's going it's, <laughs> it's to sound petty and stupid, and I, I, I fully admit that. But, hey, I'm picky. You can't put Mantena on the damn stand, okay? The same way you put all the other ones. He has to be, like, long ways. That does, long that, ways? Yes, that just totally ruins my shelf. Because now I have to, like, position him differently, and I'm worried about him falling off the shelf, and it, it, it's just a whole mess. So please put all the thingies facing the same way. <laughs> See, now, my, here's my thing. <laughs> He's that way. He is that way primarily because he has four individual legs rather than two legs stuck together on one side and two legs stuck together on the other side. It could like still have been done. Legs. Still could have been done. I, I it would have. I think it would have uh, drastically. I changed bet the, the amazing po- um, customs podcast could do a custom one that <laughs> that works. But I, I really, I really don't want the design of these to be dictated by we want people to be able to put the stand on the shelf the same way for every statue to me that's that, that's not what then they shouldn't to be about. come with a stand no because he sits he sits fine on his stand it's just that the stand goes the opposite direction as the other ones so yeah far. i don't like that part but anyway, That's... I love Mantena. Of course I do. And he's sitting up there right now with Hordak, Grizzlore. They're all having a horde party. <laughs> and you know what they would really love? Yeah, how about that buggy cro- crossbow of his? Yeah, that's nice. But I was just saying awesome. <laughs> that they awesome. should have like um, a Force Captain Adora. <laughs> Not going to happen. Whatever. They could license her separately. Okay. Next, <laughs> next I'm going to move on to... Now, remember, I'm not... I'm, I still bought these, okay? My complaints are minor, okay? They're not like complaints that I'm saying don't go out and buy these, because if you don't buy them, I'm going to come around and smack you in the head. Um, <laughs> complaint number two. I don't like tongue three, Lan- actually. Yes, this is number two. I am... If you count the shipping, it's number three. Oh, well, then there's four. Bitch, 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 bitch. Uh, hey, this is a P, this is a G-rated show. You can't say that word. Uh, okay, well, you can bleep me out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Complaint number two, staction related, not shipping related. Um, okay, it's Tongue Lasher's weapon. It's too big, and it's hard for me to like position it on his arm or wherever the heck I'm supposed to put it. And I and it's weird because when I put him on the stand, it felt as if I had to I mean I positioned him a couple times, but it felt to me like he wanted to topple the stand over whereas like Clawful didn't feel that way when I put him on the on the stand. So I don't know, there might be a little uh, inner ear balance there that's going on. It's strange because I've got um Tongue Lasher up on on the shelf, my computer desk mm-hmm. shelf at uh, home and I haven't had any problems with him wanting to topple over and well, I it was more so just with... kind of when I was setting him up 
it kind of huh. felt like, ooh, should I? I mean, know? he is he is heavy. Yeah. He's a big. He is by far the biggest action we've gotten to date. Um, I haven't had any problems with his uh, dragonfly either. It um, it goes on his left arm. His left, not our left. Right. Right. Okay. His left and uh, just below the shoulder. Okay. And well, I have I'll had give no it a problems whirl. getting it on there. I and, just think it's uh, a little it's, excessive. It's rather large. Uh, no, I love it. It's awesome. Okay. Complaint number three. Uh, Even though I love Tongue Lasher as well, especially that tongue. looks really cool. Um, okay. <laughs> Sorceress. Now, this complaint is pretty big because, um, okay, she's on. She doesn't hook into the stand for one thing. Zor does. And she comes with, she's like attached to this dinky little thing that goes into her back to stand her up. That thing is flimsy, and I'm totally afraid that she's going to fall right over. So I, I like taped her down with poster putty. Because, <laughs> you know, I have the classic one up on the shelf because I feel the classic color one should be the one that's highlighted. And then I have the uh, MYP colored one on my dresser. And um, I was afraid both of them were just going to topple over if I hit into them. Yeah, now this one I agree with you on. What they should have done is put the peg hole in the bottom of the stand that she's attached yes. to. Yes. Uh, to go onto the other stand. That that I will agree with you on. Because um, that Zord, he's really flexible. I mean, if it falls over, it's fine. Yeah, it's not a big deal. And yeah, I do agree that that was that was sort of an odd thing. Did you notice that the? Uh, it's not identical, but did you notice that the the stand that hooks into her back? It, well, it is removable, by the way. If anybody cares to remove it. Oh, I was and too afraid. I thought I was going to break it. No, I took it. I took it out. And put it back together. He's the brave the, one. Um, yeah, and uh, it's all, it's a that stand. I, I know you're you're not really supposed to look at it. It's just to hold her up. So it looks like she's sort of taking off into the air. But uh, it's all of almost exactly the same uh, design and shape as the stand for Triclops's Doomseeker. Oh, yeah. It's very, very similar. Very good point there, sir. I have one so other. I'm wondering, uh, they probably borrowed a piece. I have one other minor complaint. Oh, good God. Those dang twisty ties. <laughs> oh, they hurt my fingers, and they're so hard to untwist. Oh, poor baby. <laughs> no, seriously, they did a whirl on these ones. I was like, whoo. Anyway, all right, enough of that. Go buy the stations. ActionFigureExpress.com has them in stock. Buy the Classic Color Sorceress, too. Also, the Classic Color Sorceress will be available at San Diego Comic Convention at the AFX's booth. And don't forget that Nika will have the exclusive Classic Colors Evil Lynn staction. So buy it or be square. Okay? Anything else? I have else? a comment about... Oh them being sold at Hot Topic now, Hot which topic. I think is really cool, by the way. Um, do you think perhaps they'll get more exposure now? Because I know Hot Topic has kind of been famous for selling a lot of 80s cartoon-related merchandise. Um, I know I shop there a lot for that particular reason. So people going there, maybe looking for T-shirts and so forth for other cartoons, may come across them now that didn't even know they were in existence. That is an so excellent point. It could do a lot of good for the line. I wish they had done it sooner. I agree. It's way better than Suncoast. Yeah, I don't even know if there... I don't think there is a Suncoast in my area. I never see them. Yeah, most... Um, Suncoast, Sam Goody, Media Play are all the same company. They were bought out by Best Buy. Um, and they're phasing a lot of those stores out. Um, 
I have one Suncoast that I can think of. Another one just left the mall. It went out of business. So I think Hot Topic is a much better choice. Yeah, I I agree. A real quick little story here. On uh, Sunday was Father's Day. I spent the day with my daughters. We went out to... Happy Father's Day. Ah, thank you. (laughs) We went out to find the uh, stations, actually, and went down to uh, the Hot Topic that's in the... At the block... In orange, and the block is this huge, trendy outdoor mall um, in uh, in the center of Orange County. All of the big, expensive, trendy stores there: Virgin Mega Store, Borders Books, Starbucks, all that good stuff. And there's a gigantic Hot Topic in there. At least the biggest one I've ever been in, anyway. And um, they, uh, we went in there looking for them, and uh, we're wandering around. My daughters are uh, almost seven; they'll be seven in September. They're twins, and uh, we're wandering around. They know what we're looking for. I explained to them, yeah, you know, we're looking for an antenna and tongue lasher and da-da-da. We're going around. Susanna is the one who spots a antenna hanging on the, on the uh, rack there, and at the top of her lungs screams out, Mantana! <laughs> Bringing the attention of one of the employees over to us who's like, oh, man. He could. He was telling us he could not believe how quickly these had sold out. They had barely put them on the shelf, and they had one mantena left, and everything else was gone. Wow! So nice. I ended up. I ended up getting the other two at a different hot topic, the hot topic in Brea, um, on Monday, and I bought the last sorceress that they had. So they're apparently selling well at the hot topics. Thank goodness. Yes. Yeah, I still think uh, hot topic needs to reinvest in more '80s teas. There's too much Napoleon Dynamite. Too little, yeah. you know, heat man. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think part of that is, you notice that, you know, Hot Topic used to have a lot of the, the Masters merchandise. We used to get patches and, uh-huh. and notebooks and T-shirts, and there used to be all kinds of heat man stuff there. You notice that ever since Entertainment Rights bought the Filmation Library from Hallmark, that stuff disappeared. That's true. And I think, I think it's that Hallmark was licensing that out. Yes. And, uh, yes, it was and definitely Hallmark. Rights- yeah, and then and then uh, entertainment rights put a stop to it. So it'd be nice to see some of that stuff come back. I hope entertainment rights um, invests in in doing some of those kinds of things. Agreed. All right, it's time for the pièce de résistance. That would be our <laughs> show devoted on the 2002 He-Man and the Masters of the Universe cartoon, also known as Masters of the Universe versus the Snake Men in season two, the Mike Young Productions cartoon. It aired on Cartoon Network. It premiered with a bang, a movie, with a lot of sword twirling, and more sword twirling, and then some more weapons twirling. (laughs) But, you know, a sword will choose its master. A boy will become a man. A hero will be born. Toonami is proud to present Masters of the Universe. First reactions. How did you feel when you heard that He-Man was getting a brand new cartoon. Who's going first? (laughs) Go ahead, Katie. Okay. I was so, so, so excited. I actually made a party out of the event uh, because obviously my brother's the one that introduced me to He-Man when we were kids. So I said, okay, Jeremy, you have to come over and we're having a party to watch the first episode of the new He-Man together. So he brought his wife... And I was with my then-boyfriend. We, like, got a bunch of food together and the whole shebang, sat in front of the TV, here it comes on. And we watched the whole first episode. And it was just so cool. 
cool. I was very, very excited. I mean, obviously it was very little like the old one, but that's what I was expecting. You know, I didn't really want some a, a throwback. You know, I kind of wanted an updated show if they were going to do one. So it met all my expectations. My stories have been but similar to But then my to work you. schedule got in the way, and I didn't get to see, like, anything else. The, um... Yeah, my story is a bit similar to yours, actually. The uh, the day that that premiered was a Friday, August 16th, 2002. I remember the date. That's <laughs> as big of an impression as it made on me. Uh, and uh, we, uh, my girlfriend and I at the time made, uh, I did a party as well. I went over to my friend Eric's house, and uh, his girlfriend went out and got food. My girlfriend at the time had made... Uh, uh, sugar cookies in the shape of He-Man's cross <laughs> and cupcakes that were frosted to look like his shield. <laughs> so we went all out and uh, and we oh, oh, oh and we also had uh, other sugar cookies that had been cut into the letters M O T U. So <laughs> we we really went all out on it and uh, watched the uh, the movie and was completely blown away. It was everything I wanted it to be for the most part. Um, the, you know, the, the, the show continued to get better as time went by. Um, and in retrospect, the movie premiere was not as good as a lot of the episodes that followed it, but it was very good. It was what I was hoping for. The music was great. The acting was great. The voices were perfect. The sound effects and production were very good audio wise anyway. And, uh, I think uh, the only disappointment I remember walking away with after that show was uh, was over was that Orko's voice was really annoying. <laughs> and I, I really liked Orko in the classic show, and I remember being disappointed that they weren't able to translate him well. Um, and uh, that was sort of the, the first uh, day with the show. And you, Shadow? Well, mine isn't as exciting as, as you guys. Um, I sat <laughs> on the couch... In my bedroom, and I watched the movie. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> um, not to say I didn't have a good time, because I did. Um, I watched it. I, I, I loved it. Like you said, looking back on it now, I don't love it as much, because there were much, much, much better episodes, and I tend to pick the movie apart now, like as if I had written it what I would have uh, done. Um, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> I have to say it made a great impact. I'm, I want to say, though, I was thrilled, but I was a little let down at the same time. I do remember thinking that there was too much filler uh, in the movie, which, which, which really plays out because it wasn't written as a movie. It was written as three episodes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, take that into account. The only voice I didn't like was He-Man's, which kind of sucks since he's the main character. Right. <laughs> no, no offense to Cam Clark because he did the Prince Adam was absolutely brilliant, but his He-Man voice uh, had a lot to be desired. Everyone else's voice I thought was great, especially the sorceress. Her voice was awesome. Um, the transformation sequence sucked. That I also didn't like that. I'm very big on the transformation sequence, as you know, and yes. um, the Mike Young Productions show doesn't have a good transformation sequence, I don't think, until season two, uh, if I'm recalling correctly. So, they tried to differentiate it from Filmation. Which I think was a mistake. I think they yes. should have kept the smoke and lightning, and that 
that should have been left intact, and I think uh, it would have been a much more popular transformation. Yes. Sequence. Oh, in the when they switched to air the episodes and we got our our opening sequence. First off, they they do give a throwback to filmation. It starts out, you know, I am Adam, Prince of Eternia. Uh, but then it gets cut off. You, some people took that as they were saying, like, okay, filmation is over. Focus on our show. We don't care about filmation. You know, this is new. Other people took it as an homage to filmation. I have mixed feelings. Um, but the transformation <laughs> sequence oh, was so horrible. It was so awkwardly storyboarded is the only I don't know how else to describe it He-Man ends up putting his sword up at the end instead of you know pushing it with his hands you know down by his stomach and it's the pose is awkward there's this like wide screenshot of him in front of Grayskull it's broad daylight no and what's with him looking like the Hulk in some of the transformations? It like focuses in on his muscles getting bigger. Oh, see, that's like, what is this? That's the transformation I tend to think was at least a little better. Are you talking about the one where he's kind of hunched over and he's growing bigger and his the sword grows and everything? Yeah, I think that is what I'm. Thinking yeah, that's of. that's season two. If if I recall correctly, that that started out in season two, and um, I at least like that one better than like everything they did in season one. <laughs> they did make the pose better. A couple episodes in, but still his sword was held aloft. It's not what it's supposed to be doing. I understand this is a new show, blah, 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 but it's My sad thought. when the new adventures gets it right <laughs> and, and they can't. <laughs> the Family Guy, there's an episode of The Family Guy that has Prince Adam jumping onto a donkey and changing into He-Man. That transformation <laughs> sequence was good. The Mike Young production one can't even touch that one. I am now, completely what, serious. Now, one uh, one thought that I had on you were talking about the the intro sequence and mm-hmm. the homage versus the sort of the slap in the face of her filmation yes. or however you want to look at it. My take on that, and I and I, I think there's a little bit to support this, and not a whole lot. But my my thought on this was that I think they originally recorded a much longer intro. They did. Yeah, um, we see it on the World of He Man video. Yes. And I think um, it basically got, just got cut for time. They didn't want to have to completely redo the intro. Yeah. So they that cut could it. Be it. Thought, Wouldn't it be funny if we interrupted him in the middle of it? You know, that's, yeah. I think, the way that it went. And, I don't but, think it was ever meant to be. A, uh, and actually, you know, I'm actually kind of glad they did that because if you do listen to the World of He-Man videotape, the delivery that Cam Clark gives on the opening speech, oh, it's not good. I'll say, I don't mind it at all. <laughs> oh, it's just not good. How can you like uh, that? Yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. Oh, it's I fine. know you hate the new adventures, but at least the guy knew how to speak. Oh, <laughs> the, just the way he delivered it. I didn't have a problem. I didn't have a problem with Cam Clark's He-Man voice uh, either. So. Well, I mean, it's not that I... The, I mean, the only thing that, the only thing that he did it. is... The, the only thing that he did as He-Man that I did not like, unfortunately, was the I have the power signature line, and that was mainly because of the... I was way too drawn out and dramatic, and it yeah. just sounds It's like stupid. he was belting it out in the opera. But, uh, but, but the Prince rest of Adams, it, the rest by the of power of Grayskull, was awesome. awesome. I love his. By the yes. power of Grayskull. Um, yeah, so I guess we covered the opening sequence. Now, the, the music in the opening sequence, I love. I love the guitar part at the end, and then when they added in the He-Man chants. Mm-hmm. He-Man, He-Man, and the Masters of the Universe. He-Man. 
That's good. Now, yeah, see, now the the, the rock version uh, that we got, uh, it doesn't really. It's okay, I guess. I I much preferred a lot of the orchestral music that was mm-hmm. uh, scored for this series much more than the rock stuff they tried to do. Now, one of my main problems with the mic, and as we all know, I do, I do, I do love the show. I was a very adamant fan of it while it was on. Um, my main problem here, one of them is. It's kind of a piece together show. It's like they were developing the show as they were going along. And I have a very, I have a problem with this because it makes earlier episodes seem like a, it, they were unfinished. The opening sequence continually changes throughout se- season one. There are, there's fresher, better animation of Prince Adam's intro in later, um, you know, it, uh, opening sequences they started adding in little transitions, like say in filmation, the sword would spin around and go, and then it would go to the next scene. They started adding things like that in. It just felt to me that it, they were taking too long to get into the you know the stride of things to make a really good He-Man episode. And I think that was largely to do. Remember, in two thousand one, when the new line was first announced in the summer of of one. They told us we would be getting a one-hour He-Man special. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was intended initially to be it an wasn't. entire series. It was not. And I think that's yeah. why we ended up with uh, in a sort of an unfinished product early on. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Thinking back on it, perhaps instead of doing a cartoon series, if they would have done movies every so often... Yeah, that probably would have been better given all of the havoc that was caused with the uh, constant time shifting. Yeah. That might have uh, actually... Because then you have like a really, really good quality product that has like a lot of information in it. You kind of get rid of the filler episodes that we don't need. Right. Like to right. walk with and dragons. <laughs> the island. <laughs> the island. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, what was I saying? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, that actually might have been, that might have worked. Um, again, just weird marketing schemes, including VHS tapes with the figures instead of DVDs. Um, I, I don't know. But any, I, st- I still any think human- the line overall would have done better with better case pack outs. Because I, I think kids started out watching and enjoying the show. Yeah. I don't think that was the problem. I think interest waned when you could not find the characters in the story. Well, the most uh, watched episode of season one was Snake Pit. That was a very good episode, too. Very good episode. But let's see. Let's focus on uh, season one here for a little bit, if if we can. We already really kind of covered the movie. He-Man's origin. He gets the sword. You know, he spins it around a million times. And then uh, we go on. Highlights from season one that anyone would like to cover <laughs> or mention? Uh, well, Katie, you want to go ahead? I've been talking too much. <laughs> um, I watched more of season two recently than... Okay, well, I remember season, season one better, one. so i tell you what, I'll like cover season earlier, one and you cover with... season two. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, that works. <laughs> All right. Well, we had, of course, Larry Dottilio's, uh one of his first episodes for the new series. Larry Dottilio should have been the story. Yeah. Story. Absolutely. Story um, early, early. The dog agrees with us. Yes. Apparently. He's like, Larry. Whoop. Very intelligent dog you've got there. Intelligent. 
We say Larry Dottilio, he reacts. That's right. So we've got, we had lessons early on, which um, I can't remember which one came first, but Ties That Bind and Lessons were the first two episodes of the series, and the, apparently the dog agrees, that I'm sorry, were, I don't know why she's <laughs> Uh, those were the first two episodes where I really sat there and said, wow, this series is great. Um, and I, yeah, I agree with you, Shadow. Larry really should have been the the storyboard. Story or, I'm sorry, the uh, story editor Larry, of the yeah, series. And he should have written the, the origin movie. Yes, absolutely he should have. Mm-hmm. Also, best episode. What, what, Shadow, what's your favorite episode of season one? Of season one? Hmm. Interesting that you would ask me this because my overall favorite episode is from season two, so I really wasn't thinking about this. Right. Um. Mm, interesting. I guess I'm gonna have to go with Snake Pit because I'm gonna be a true fanboy and love it because the Snake Men were all there. And we got to see King Hiss in the shadows or whatever. Well, I'll say this. I, I enjoyed Snake Pit quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I have never been, though, a big fan of the Snake Men. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, just, they're just not my thing. I was number one, you know, as far as villains go, my number one uh, obsession was with Skeletor and his crew. Next was the Horde. And the Snake Men were way down at the bottom. And I just never found them all that interesting. I always loved Cobra Khan. And I liked Tongue Lasher. And everybody else was just not that interesting to me. Well, I, For I, me... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that besides Larry Dottilio, I really thought that the only other writer to really grasp what He-Man and the Masses universe was was Steve uh, Melching, who did... Melching, I, yes. Because he wrote my favorite episode as well, which was Underworld. Which is an also an excellent episode. Brilliant. Brilliant episode. And... As far as I'm concerned, that has the best line of the entire series, both seasons, all inclusive, in it. Which is? Which was, of course, delivered by Skeletor. You took my face, Randor. Today I take your life and then your kingdom. Brilliant line. Brilliantly delivered. Um, Just fantastic. Yeah. Um, Brian Dobson as Skeletor was just... Perfect. If we couldn't have Alan Oppenheimer, my God, Brian Dobson was uh, was just the epitome of what Skeletor needed to be. He was sort of a cross between, you know, he 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 would make his jokes and his his silly little lines every so often, like the original Skeletor did. Mm-hmm. But he also had a lot of the the elements of the Joker from the Batman the animated series, yes. um, the insane kind of evil, and just just brilliantly played. And made me love the Skeletor character all the more. But a few other episodes that were great. Um, I really enjoyed Trust. I really enjoyed... Yeah, Trust, uh, was, yeah, Trust was good. Trust was good. Uh, really enjoyed Lessons, the Ties That Bind. Yeah, I will say that I, we're kind of hating here on, on Dean Steffen, or at least I am, um, by saying that he shouldn't have been the story editor and he shouldn't have written the origin movie. Um, ties of bi- That Bind was, was, was good. And he, and he wrote the Ties That Bind. Yes. Um, and... Yeah, but that's and all I'm going to say. One, <laughs> one other episode that we, we have to mention. Um, oh, no, I know what's coming. The, no, you don't. No, no. Oh. The 
Monster Within. <laughs> oh. Another Larry Filio episode. Yes, The Monster Within. Very, very good. Deals uh, mostly with Matty Faces and Too Bad. Um, he really pulled off a, a great story uh, in that one as well. And I want to just mention uh, Turnabout. First episodes of season one. Turnabout, the one where they have to use the magic uh, yes, belt. Yes, yes. I know you're not the a fan. The one we try to pretend that doesn't exist. I like this episode because it's it's just a regular, general, old adventure episode. We're not being thrown with some Hordak appearance. We're not learning anything. It's just He-Man and Skeletor having an adventure. And I enjoy those episodes as well. But, not but I just didn't care for the whole concept of, oh, here's, you know, here's a belt that makes Skeletor be good <laughs> or whatever. It's just <laughs> stupid. No. I don't like it and I don't want to watch it. Okay. Um, I will say I love, no, no. I love Separation, the first appearance of Hordak. Yes, I love it just because Hordak was in it. The Hordak storyline is great. I have a feeling that the other storyline was kind of chopped up in the story editing process because Larry is a really good writer. So I'm going to yes. forgive him on that one. <laughs> um, but we got to find a lot of a lot of characters in, in season one. Besides your normal people, we, we saw what Count Marzo, Ro- yes. Roboto, Evil Seed, Evil Seed. He was bad. Very, very bad. Unfortunately, we got to see Stinkor. <laughs> yeah, not one of my favorite characters, that, and one of the worst episodes of season one. One of the worst episodes, and I will go out on the limb and say that it is a disgrace. That episode is a f- disgrace. I don't even want it associated <laughs> with He-Man. I don't like bathroom humor. I just don't. I just don't pull into that. Maybe the maybe children liked it. This this series is geared towards children, not towards me. But I thought that was the worst episode. I mean, it was worse than all that freaking. Weapon twirling. <laughs> yeah, I agree, and it was it was too bad too because um, well, it may be slightly better than the island because that one sucks too. But go, I'll go on. No, I'd much rather watch the island. I guess, yeah, I really would. And I mean, I I didn't hate the island; it was just kind of boring. <laughs> but it wasn't like Ooh. this is so bad. It was just sort of Ooh. yeah, it was yeah. just boring. It was boring. <laughs> but um, yeah, the stinker appearance definitely, I think, was uh, was the low the lowest point of season one. So definitely, season one, we're gonna say what you want to check out. Say, courage of Adam. You're gonna see a little appearance of Faker in the, in that one. Um, lessons. Sky War. Sky, Sky War, War was another good one. A Sky Very War. Good one. Ties that bind. Uh, Mechanex lament. Yes. Underworld. Uh, Monster within. Roboto gambit. Snake Pit and Separation. Those have all the really the key new appearances. Um, and that's oh, what, one, that's one what, more comment on season one. Uh, well, I was going to you know, go ahead. I wasn't going <laughs> to go to season two yet, so don't worry. Yes. One more. Uh, one last uh, comment, though. Close on the heels of the sticker episode for badness. Now, overall, season one was fantastic. I, I love this series. I I love many more of the episodes than Shadow does, I think. But uh, there are the ones that really rub me the wrong way. The uh, Ann Whitgar oh. episode. That's when we get peer- appearances from Samurai He-Man and Samurai Skeletor. Mm-hmm. Also the first appearance of Cyclone. Cyclone, that's right. And that having Cyclone enter the series was fun. But just terrible episode. 
terrible concept. The samurai stuff should have never been should have never become toys, let alone entered into the cartoon. And I do like how He Man, the filmation cartoon, nothing really looked earthy to me. Whereas that whole Anwa guard design looked like Japan. Right. And I think that was uh, one uh, a big place they lost some of the fans. Yeah, was... A lot of people say the Filmation cartoon was a 30-minute commercial. No! You have the same cast of characters in basically every Filmation cartoon. Sure, we get a new vehicle or something. Oh, look, here's Stridor. Okay? Like here and there out of 130 episodes. This series had way more television commercials if you will when you do the ratio uh, you know what i mean absolutely absolutely and that's what's sad because i mean the first season did have 26 episodes the second season only had 13 when you only get that you don't really want to do a lot of filler episodes you want to move the story along Mm -hmm. which brings us to the season finale of season one which was the council of evil thoughts that was awesome. I was like on the edge of my seat. What's going to happen? Josh. Yeah, it was a great, great episode. Very well done. Um, we got to see a bit more of Webstore in this episode, which is one of my favorite villains. And uh, we also got to see the Let the Power Return moment, which was yes. very nice. Um, so great, great episode. Very well done. Very happy with it. Very exciting great ending to the first season all right so season two opens with the conclusion to the council of evil which is called the last stand i'm actually a fan of this episode it was written by dean stefan who i've already dodged but his council of evil was pretty good the last stand had a nice long action sequence i thought it was very 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 well storyboarded Mm -hmm. it was it was definitely kept the pace up i really enjoyed that but uh, season two, after that episode, um, you go in a couple and, and the title changed to Masters of the Universe versus the Snake Man. <laughs> I really like that opening sequence. It was all action packed with a guitar. Um, but I guess we should talk about other episodes in season two, like To Walk with Dragons toy commercial. <laughs> Would any of you like to buy the new Dragon Walker? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have to say, the Dragon Walker toy was what, was probably the best vehicle, or one of the best vehicles of the line. I like the Spitbull. But, oh, good Battle God, Raptor. man. You're, you're insane. Both of those are... I like just, dinosaurs. suck. Why would, I don't know why you hate on the Battle Raptor. I can understand the, the Rap- Spitbull, but... The Battle Raptor does nothing it is it looks like a cheap toy that you'd buy for a preschooler no it doesn't it doesn't move that it would has... scare preschoolers <laughs> yeah. they'd be dropping just, their lunch boxes it's just a boring <laughs> boring i mean i, I it could, it's comparatively speaking to the other things we got from the new line now the battle raptor and maybe this is why you like it to me that would have felt fit in well, in the classic line, because a lot of the yeah. the vehicles and the the creatures and things in the classic land line shark. didn't move. Land shark, mm-hmm. yeah, well, no, land shark was way better than the uh, than the battle raptor. But, but it was still like animal related. Well, yeah, there was a lot of those though. I mean, even the you know battle cat and panther in the, in the yeah. classic line didn't move. They didn't do anything. Yeah, um, but and that's actually compar- something I dislike about the new battle cat and panther. They have all that crap on them. 
Uh, well, I don't like the the missile things, but yeah. I love the the armor and their moving joints and things. I love all that, so yeah, I can't okay. complain. But the the um, the Battle Raptor was just it was just boring compared to a lot of the other uh, the things, a lot of the other toys we got from the new line. It didn't even look like it was supposed to be part of the new Masters line. It looked like it was made for something else. And <sighs> they stuck it in there. Which I'm never going to convert this child of mine. <laughs> Um, let's move on, please. We're getting off track. Perhaps, well, one of the better episodes out of the past. I have problems with it, even though I love it. Your opinions, just when you watched it, did you think it was Fisto that was uh, shacking up with the sorceress, so to speak? I don't think I've seen that one yet. Oh. Well, anyway, there's a dude. He's all bandaged up his hand. They didn't say it was Fisto, but and they would refuse to confirm. But um, yeah, it was Fisto, <laughs> which actually what? was poor storyboarding or animation because Fisto has different color eyebrows than Manded Arms. But continue. Mm. It was confirmed later on that it was going to be Fisto, so I'm kind of glad that the series didn't continue with that. <laughs> I'm kind of torn on it. I I never really minded the whole. Um Fisto being uh, Tila's father and et cetera, et cetera. That, that aspect of the story, I never really, um, I never really felt much one way or the other uh, about it, really. It, it uh, just wasn't, it wasn't an issue for me, I guess. Eh. Good episode, though. We get Very to see a history of the sorceress. We get to see she fought some dude that we'll basically never see again and wasn't really explained. Um... Poor planning on the script part on that one. Um, it's not good to give us teasers when we never get to find out what happened. <laughs> Wrap it up in season two and let us know. Um, okay, then the snake men rise. Woo, King Hiss. How do you feel about them focusing the second season on the snake men? Hmm. I'm kind of glad they got it out of the way just because it was introduced in the first season and you knew that there were this huge, big, bad army just laying dormant. Mm-hmm. And you knew they had to resurface at some point. So I'm kind of glad that they at least got it out of the way, I guess you could say, or at least addressed that threat. But I don't know. I've never been a big fan of the Snake Men either. Mm-hmm. So I would have preferred some more Hordak action or something like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Josh? But they handled it well. Well, I, I'm kind of torn on this as well. I, I enjoyed the, the storyline that focused around the snakes more than I thought I was going to. Um, I think they, they handled it for, for the most part, and in the context of the new series, I think they handled it um, well. Their rise, uh, escape from the void, their battle with Zodak, uh, all that stuff was, was well done. Um, I think this was a good move had the series continued on to a third season. Because what you would have ended up with was Skeletor in the first season, who's like the the main villain for He-Man. Gives way for a little while to the Snake Men. Maybe we come back to Skeletor here and there. I think we do a couple of times in season two. Um, we can do that a little bit at the beginning of season three. And then we could lead up to the, the, the next big threat, which is the Horde, which are much more interesting than the Snake Men. And I think um, it would have been a nice way to build 
into that uh, sort of epic battle. Unfortunately, because there is no series, uh, no continuation to the series, it sort of falls flat, and you're kind of wondering what the hell were they doing dealing with the Snake Men when they could have been doing something much cooler. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, unfortunately, that's uh, that's just the way that it <laughs> the way it went. Well, speaking so. of you know the way it should have went. Uh, we got two fantastic episodes, <laughs> one called The Price of Deceit and one called The Power of Grayskull. Yes. Now, let's talk about The Price of Deceit first, because that'll be easier for me to talk about. There's nothing wrong with the episode. It rules. Larry Dottilio is the man. Indeed he is. Uh, we get the history of Evelyn, how she met Keldor. And um, we find out how Keldor became Skeletor, basically, by the aid of Hordak. Brilliant, brilliant episode. Fantastic. Hordak snorting. I need, I need, I need a thesaurus. <laughs> um, yes. Now this is something I'd like to bring up. Um, back in the day, the fir- when when this episode aired, I was an ecstatic fanboy because Hordak was snorting. Now, no, he wasn't doing the exact same snort that he does in the filmation cartoon, but he was. It's more of a snarly snort. Yeah, but we'll call it a snort. So anyway, <laughs> no one would believe me on the forums. That he was snorting. I had to make a sound clip to prove it. But, wow. Um, he was snorting. I love you guys for making him snort. Thank you, Mike Young Productions. <laughs> that is how Hordak is supposed to be. He's supposed to snort, and that's just how it is. Now we're going to go on to the power of Grayskull. Would someone like to say something positive first before I go into my recollection of the episode? <laughs> Wait, I, I still go- had something to say about the price of deceit. Oh, we'll go right ahead. Why did they make it so incredibly easy for Skeletor to get rid of Hordak? Oh, just break down this building and he'll never come back. I thought that was kind of cheesy. Yeah, and it didn't even look like the Fright Zone. Yeah. Hordak's Fortress. That thing looked like a piece of clay rock. (laughs) Horrible design. Who designed that? It's like, he's like... Blowing up the building and Hordak's, no, come on. Hordak is much more powerful than that. Exactly. I mean, because he could, he kind of, you know, rendered Skeletor useless. Yeah. It uh, made him fall off his throne, so that was a little I bit. I kind of suspect that that read better in the script than yes. it translated into the animation. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But okay, now you may continue. So, power of Skull. Katie? Oh. <gasps> All the episodes are running together in my head now. This one has King Grayskull, and you see him fighting Hordak. I'm sorry, Shadow. You're going to hate me. I really liked King Grayskull. (gasps) I'm sorry. Katie, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Continue. Continue. He... I I see what you're saying, that he's very similar to He-Man. He had the big cat, but he was much bigger. There were differences. He had the long hair. He was just this huge, powerful, positive, moral person. And he was just kind of immortal his whole life and was like, oh, what can I do about this horrible threat? And I, I liked how the Oracle was just like Orko, you know, a trollin. And um, he like makes him go through these challenges or whatever to prove himself and comes out knowing, oh, he does have the power. And that's how it all kind of starts. And... I liked how he was nice to the kitty cat when he was tired at the top of the mountain, and he let him stop and get some water. I was like, oh, 
And yeah. And oh, I love the battle scene. Oh my god. When the big cat is just like picking off the people one by one. That was hilarious. Horde troopers. Yes, horde troopers. He's picking off the horde troopers. But I don't know. I thought he was really cool. And I like the idea of when he was dying, he passed on the power to the elders and, you know, predicted the coming of He Man. I thought it was cool. Okay, lame. <laughs> hey, 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 let me get my word. No, in because you. you're gonna be <laughs> you're gonna be arguing with me. So let me get this out first. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, just let me just say my piece, and then you can pick it apart all that you want. King Grayskull is a disgrace to masters of the universe. King Grayskull is unoriginal. He looks exactly like He-Man. Yes, he's a little bigger, but big whoopity-doo. He has a bigger cat. He looks just like Battle Cat. This is insane. Oh, where's the great power of He-Man come from? Oh, it's in me. And I didn't even know I had the power. Oh, my God. I could just go now and kick Hordak's butt. No. No, 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 no. No. What was the best ex- explanation of that power? When the green goddess in that one kid stuff book on tape walks into the Hall of Wisdom and they have a little chat and then they take that power, put it in Castle Grayskull. That is power. Not this King Grayskull rip off, rip, rip off, rip off. He is a rip off of He-Man. And don't even start telling me that She-Ra is just a rip off of He-Man. She-Ra, for one thing, is a girl and looks totally different and has different powers. She has a horse instead of a tiger. If they were going to make a King Grayskull, freaking make him different, okay? I don't care if he's He-Man ancestor and he looks a little bit like him, okay? Make him look like Randor, I wouldn't have had a problem, okay? Horrible, 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 horrible. And I don't care if Mattel didn't want to use him. They had Hero, the most powerful wizard in the universe. He would have been perfect in that storyline. He should have been used. King Grayskull should not exist at all. Now, Josh... You may defend King Grayskull. Well, for the record, let me just say, Mr. Shadow, that was the most entertainment segment you have ever given us on Masters Cast. So, thank you. Thank you. You you love me. You really love me. Okay. I like King Grayskull. I need some water after that. <laughs> Big flippin' surprise. Hmm. I like King Grayskull. Okay. So thank you, Katie, for agreeing with me. You're welcome. Here's the thing. Um, first off, whether or not he looks like He-Man, I don't know. You know what? I, I would have liked him maybe if I he had care. John Irwin's voice. <laughs> Okay. If they would have let John Irwin, God John, Ir- John Irwin, to voice him, I may have forgiven the King Grayskull debacle. <laughs> well, anyway, um, I can't see how much he looks like He Man. So I exactly like He Man. He has some. No. He has some braids going on, and that's it. Oh, so, he, he has a furry cape. Ooh, a furry cape. I think his jaw was a little bit wider. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, here's here's a few things. One. I really like the, the King Grayskull thing. Now, I actually do agree with you, Shadow, that the, uh, the classic concept of the Council of Elders being from hundreds, if not thousands of years ago, them condensing all their power into the orb and hiding it in the transformed Hall of Wisdom, turning it into 
Castle Grayskull. Mm. I prefer that storyline. There's no question that that is a better, more interesting, and more powerful storyline. Oh, but oh, oh, they had oh. already. <laughs> they had already. I'm sorry. Choke. Remind me to say something after you're done. <laughs> they had already uh, changed that concept from episode number one of the first season. So they could no longer do that um, story, unfortunately. And I think that was no. Yes, they could probably. Yes, they could have. They could have. How could they not have? The elders made themselves into an orb and put themselves into Grayskull. Where's the power of Grayskull come from? The elders. And the story, period. I I understand. The point being that that story, I think the story worked well in the classic one primarily because it was something that happened centuries and centuries ago. And because this was a modern development, it didn't work for the new series. Now, set that aside. Forget that for a moment. Um, In basically what they did for the new series, I think they realized after the fact, we blew it. We should not have had the Council of Elders be a modern phenomenon. And, uh, and their disappearance, a new thing. Um, I think they realized that when they got to the Power of Grayskull episode, they wanted the Grayskull castle to have some sort of inherent power, which in the new series, it does not. It did not. It never did from day one. It was just somewhere that the elders put their power. In the original, of course, the Hall of Wisdom was transformed into Castle Grayskull and the power hidden within it. So... There was no inherent power in Grayskull for the new series, and I think that was a very bad decision in terms of the overall story arc. And they tried with the Power of Grayskull episode to rectify that and give the Grayskull castle more significance to the story. So in that respect, I think they did the best job they could with the mistakes they already had made. They were trying to make up for Do you know how for. they could have... Given Grayskull significance? Well, well, you can get to that in a second. Let me, okay. let me finish out. Um, now, that aside, one other uh, huge, I think, good positive thing about King Grayskull is that this story solved a, a dilemma in the, in the storyline so far that had been just driving me insane for the first season and a half of this series. And that was that Randor and the royal family in the new line had absolutely no legitimate claim to the throne of Eternia other than, oh, the elders told him he should become king. And that really disturbed me. That really bothered me through the first season and into the second season. In The Power of Grayskull, we learn about this ancestor of the royal family who apparently had been a king at some point. Um, at some point, obviously, that had given way to being ruled by the elders, elders, sorry, and um, and now they were going back to the original royal bloodline, and I think that was a very nice thing for them to um, to correct in the in the their line of thinking for the new series because I, I did not like the fact that oh here Randor you become king. Um, mm, that's true. With no claim. So yeah. those those two aspects of it made the show, for me, work really well and helped to fix some of the things that I disliked about the series, which were relatively few anyway. 
you did accidentally mention Eldor. He should have been in this episode. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Well, my main point when I went, oh, 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 was, um, okay, um, the King Grayskull's um, um, wife, whatever her name is, Vina, the sorceress, hater. And you want to know yeah, why? what was up with that? Yeah, okay, because one thing, so now, see, logically thinking as a fan, you're like, okay, she must be like the great, 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 great grandmama or whatever of... Tila the current sorceress. So then you start thinking, okay, well then does that mean Adam and Tila are kind of like related? And ooh, that's sick. So um, <laughs> I hate her. I hate her. I don't like her. They should have not had her have been his wife or whatever. Like ooh, King Grayskull, how you doing? And see um, now, I kind of, I kind of went with in the in the series. I realized there's a, a similarity in appearance and all that. They should have used similarity. Ungle, she but, looks exactly the same as okay, the sorceress. Well, yeah. Well, regardless, it, I mean, me, different outfit, but same voice, same face like and everything. So, yeah, to me, I just sort of uh, and again, this is easier for me to do because I'm not looking at it, I suppose. But for me, I just sort of took it as these are the these are the ancestors of the current royal family. I don't think that the the sorceress as she stands now has um, any connection to that bloodline. Whatsoever, and that's but why you she, bring she in she different may. voice actresses, and you get an actual character design that looks different. Right? Yeah, that I Thank that you. I agree. They Thank should you. have done. Thank you. Um, like maybe the new sorceress saw an old portrait of the old villain, whatever the heck her name was, Vina. and was like, "Yes, Vina." Yeah. And thought she was just a really cool woman, and designed herself after that. I don't know, but well, still, yeah, I don't like good that. episode. Much to be desired. I think if Larry Dottilio would have written it, sorry, Dean Stefan again. Uh, but you, we can't help but praise Larry Dottilio. He gets it right basically, what, 90% of the time. So uh, More than that. I mean, can you really think of a bad Larry episode from any series? That's true. From any Master series? Can you think of one? Yeah, no. I mean, when I think of, you know, it's funny. When I think of the classic Master Universe series, all, there's 130 episodes of that series. Plus 93 of she no, yeah, I know, but I'm specifically <laughs> specifically talking of the classic He-Man series. Plus when somebody when <laughs> when somebody mentions, aren't you He-Man the one that the... says you see them as one whole series? <laughs> no, I love Shira. I love Shira, but it's completely derailing my point. <laughs> okay, continue. so in other words, shut up. No, kidding. Um, <laughs> okay, That's original sad. He-Man in the Master Universe. There's 130 episodes. Yes. When when I think of that series, when when the the very first thought, the, the very first episode that comes to mind of that series for whatever reason, the first thing that I always think of is Cat and the Spider. Meow. Always for I whatever knew you reason. I say that. And <laughs> it's Larry Dottilio. And uh, it's Larry Dottilio. So do you know what I think of? Secret of the Sword. <laughs> That's Larry Dottilio too. I wonder <laughs> what that might be. <laughs> Hey, we got Bob but of course, forward there, too. do a lot of great work on She-Ra as well, so yeah. we can't complain. All right. Enough of this power of Grayskull mumble-jumble. Um, <laughs> quickly, I'd like to mention Web of Evil, with it, which is the Webster episode. And the thing yes. that sucks about it is they messed up Webster's voice in the episode, so he yeah. kind of sounds like Skeletor. They, they forgot to put the effect on his voice. Yeah, he sounded much better. In, he sounded much more insect-like yes. earlier on. In Council and, of Evil. Uh, which they, they did the same. The, the similar effect was on uh, Buzzoff's voice as well. And there were several episodes where they forgot to add it to his voice as well. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of irritating. There was a lot of little inconsistencies like that throughout the series. Yes, I know yes. that um, 
Beastman's voice changes continuously through both seasons of the show, mm-hmm. and that drove me crazy because the way that he sounded <laughs> early on, like in the beginning, uh-huh. was awesome. He had the best. He had the perfect Beastman voice in in the early early on in the series, and they kept fiddling with it and changing it. And then after a while, he sounded exactly like uh, Trap Jaw and Ram Man, and you're just like. Ah, God, come on, guys. You had it right to start with. Stop screwing with it. Yeah. We actually went almost the whole show, too, without mentioning... See, he's... The dog is mad because he knows I'm going to mention Stratos sounds like Sean Connery for some reason. (laughs) Yes! Oh, I'm so glad you were going to bring that up because I totally agree. Absolutely. I found that to be quite nice. I actually like the way Sean Connery talks. Yes, but Stratos (laughs) doesn't look... Stratos doesn't look anything like Sean Connery. Um, Let's skip now. Um, Okay. I am an avid fan of television. When you're writing a series... You kind of know if you may be getting the axe, okay? You kind of know, like, hmm, we might not be picked up for any more episodes. Perhaps we should write this last episode as kind of a season finale as well, okay? Or series finale. Series finale. Awaken the Serpent, which is the last episode of the Mike Young Productions He-Man series. (sighs) Where do I begin? Yeah. It kind of acts as a season finale, but the focus isn't even on He-Man. It's on Zodak. And Zodak kind of, um, you know, beep slaps Prince Adam around. Like, (laughs) here's your sword, Dumbo. Turn into He-Man. I'm like, okay, okay. Zodak meddling. I'm not liking this. He's not supposed to meddle. Yes, I know that's in the classic, but whatever. And the (laughs) last... Scene. The last frame is Zodak. He's not even a main cast member. Ugh. Yeah, I love the Zodak yeah, character. He's got that I love grin on his face. Exactly. I love Zodak. Zodak was written pretty well in this series. He had a lot of great action. He had a good storyline with his brother and the whole King Hiss rivalry. He had that cool effect where he glows. Those things glow blue. Great yeah. voice acting, but I'm sorry, the series is not Zodak and the Masters of the Universe. Yeah, totally Thank agree. You. Totally agree. I'm that's that's all I can say. That's the end of the series. Zodak flying off on his little chair with a grin. Yeah, he's don't like, forget the grin. And that I mean, made me very angry. Yeah, he's like, ha ha. Like he's saying, ha ha. Yes, I did all this. Think me. Yeah. Oh. Well, he, that was his personality. I mean, they kind of had to. I guess. He had to be in character, but my hope, okay, now, obviously, the series is not, is done. We're not yes. going to get anything else. Hopefully, this will come out on DVD. Yes. And I, I mean, we didn't get, expressed interest. we didn't get a lot of things that I don't like that they were going to, that they were contemplating doing, Marlena being half Gar, not a fan, um, not a fan of She-Ra not half being what? half Gar, that's blue skinned people. Um, the blue skinned people. Um, I'm not, I do not, She-Ra is his twin brother, or twin sister, excuse me. She's not just <laughs> a sister. She's not a cousin either. She is twin sister of He-Man. Um, keep that in mind. Um, you know, just lots of, just of other things that I don't know if we're allowed to publicly say that was going to happen, but I'm, um, you get the drift of what was going to happen. Skeletor, say King Randor and all those people. 
everyone, uh, you know, um, the sorceress and Tila, you know, for the whole Fisto thing, that was at least revealed. So, you know, but nothing of that was set in stone. The scripts were not written. Apparently, episode 40 is written, was written. So that would be a bonus on a DVD. Hopefully, Mattel said they would they would allow that to be a bonus uh, episode Ooh. or not episode, but you get to read the script. So that would be nice. Um, so Mattel, please. We want the Mike Young production show. We love it. Sure, we pick it apart, but eh, I complain about everything. Um, <laughs> we, as far yeah. as current yeah. cartoons go, or recent, I should say, uh-huh. it was very well done. A oh, lot very of well done, yes. Don't hold my attention nowadays, yeah. but that one really did. Yes. I was impressed. Um, let's go into another uh, email we got. Uh, I want to talk about everyone's favorite episode, but let's hear from someone that's, you know, not us. <laughs> so um, <laughs> here's an email. Um, this is from uh, Dr. Todd, and uh, he says, Hi, my favorite episode is Trust, followed by Underground. But there are so many other great episodes that it's really hard to name one as the best. I've Underworld, chosen, just so we don't get any rebuttals. <laughs> I've chosen Trust because, in my opinion, Trapjaw is one of Skeletor's best henchmen and his temporary friendship with Stratos, which shows his real evil nature, uh, is, very, is done very well. I'm not a big fan of He-Man's ice armor dress. Actually, I am. Um, but I really like to see him fighting with his axe, which I hate. Uh, that's me, not him. <laughs> um, so thanks for sending that in. Um, Basically, out of most of the emails we got, the favorite episodes were Snake Pit and Power of Grayskull. Uh, Power of Grayskull being the one. It's a, it's a good fan favorite just because of the whole Hordak being there. I'm going to credit Hordak for that. I don't think King Grayskull is the one that draws fans to this. <laughs> I really do think it's Hordak. That was his first real big appearance um, and all that you know, fun, fun stuff. And I believe we got a, uh, I'm going to play uh, at least one voicemail here of uh, someone's favorite episode. So take it away. Hey guys, it's Rob again. Um, I'd have to say my favorite episode of the Mike Young He-Man series would be The Last Stand, mainly because of the gigantic battle between He-Man versus every evil warrior up to that point, including like the uh, Skeletor's evil little horde and uh, the Council of Evil, and that was just a really cool episode because it showed He-Man by himself is able to take care of, you know, pretty much everybody that threatens Eternia. Anyway, that's my answer. And thanks for sending us that voicemail. So now we know what uh, some some out, you know, outsiders from our little group here, uh, favorite episodes. Uh, Katie, what's your favorite episode? You're going to hate me if I say it. <laughs> Go ahead. I think it is Powers of Grayskull. I like the cat. I'm sorry. I All like right. the cat. And he doesn't look like Cringer. He's much furrier. He he's has this. Longer... He's green, and he has yellow stripes. But but he's like more of a teal green. He's not the grass green that Cringer is. And Minor and his hair is much longer. Yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. much bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he but don't you think that's weird that he has like the same kind of colors and he has yellow stripes <laughs> and then Adam ends up finding Cringer? Oh, anyway. Yeah. Um, okay, Josh. <laughs> I believe his underworld is having microphone issues. Did well, we lose him during the while, disconnect? While, while Josh is reconnecting his microphone, I will go and say that my favorite is Price of Deceit. Um, that was the best written Hordak episode. Yes, I enjoyed Hordak and Powers of Grayskull, but King Grayskull ruins it for me. And Hordak <laughs> says a lot of cliched lines. He kills that rock warrior just like a... Blah. Anyway... You know, I was sitting here <laughs> Price, talking away, oh. thinking everyone could huh. hear me. Um, 
Well, Price of Deceit is my favorite, Larry Dottilio. I love how Hordak slaps Skeletor around. It really shows that Hordak is, <laughs> you know, the ultimate evil and not Skeletor. So um, I'm really loving that. I like how we got to find out how Evelyn met Keldor and how Keldor became Skeletor, all thanks to Hordak. And I really like that um, that piercing tone that Hordak used when he was, uh, you know, messing with Skeletor. That Oh, yeah. Well. He was like, I am much more powerful than you. And he made him fall <laughs> off his throne. Oh, it's great. Yeah, my favorite was uh, Underworld. Right. As you assumed. Yes, yes, that is correct. Great episode. And uh, I also was mentioning and thought you guys had heard me, but I guess nobody did. When you were talking about the cat, <laughs> Katie, got a, I got a uh-huh. lot of He's a lion. So, you know, yes. go with that. So. Yes. Lions and tigers and bears, oh my. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, in The Price of Deceit, um, when they were talking about how Evelyn met Keldor, all these things about you, but what I see is even better. Do you remember what I'm talking about? When they're flirting? Yes! I just wanted to make sure it wasn't just me that thought they were flirting. Okay, yeah, they were definitely flirting. Yeah, Yeah, totally. There was something going on there. I was like, ooh, even Larry and Keldor? That would have... <laughs> yeah, Evelyn and Keldor. What are we going to do with those two crazy kids? I think there's definitely a bit, a bit, cool. of, <laughs> a bit of flirting. Well, well um, Mike Young Productions. Pretty good series. We hope it comes out on DVD. So please buy it if it does. I command it. Um... Overall, pretty pretty good pretty good series. Great writing from Larry Dottilio, Steve uh, Melching, um, lots of others in there. Even Dean yeah, Stefan, we like some of yours. So, <laughs> I think there was definitely flirting throughout much of the series between uh, Skeletor and Evil and Yeah, uh, we kind of see that right from the, be- the like beginning. I like when he asks a bit of it. about her makeup or her lipstick or something. Is that a new shade of lipstick in that episode where he has to be nice in? in um, turn around <laughs> yeah 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 and yeah. she's like oh i just uh you know crushed up some new you know plant or whatever and then she's like wait a minute why do you care <laughs> hate that episode oh that's so it. fun that's so fun i hate everything about it oh and by the way if i want to see someone go through um a big obstacle course and then they end up having to climb a mountain at the end like green grayskull i'd much rather watch adora do it in the stone and the sword <laughs> same thing and I'd much rather watch her do it. Foxy uh, Dora. She's a cartoon character. <laughs> yes. I'm quite yes. aware of that. I will Are you have, sure? Are I you will... sure you're aware of this? Yes. I'm having someone animate me right now. Oh. And we'll like, I'll walk on the screen and be like, hello, Adora. And then I'll splice it in where she's like, you know, hi. And where she would say, Bo, will cut back to me and I'll just like smile. All righty then. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. You know, Mike Young Productions, always a hot debate with that King Grayskull. Thanks for letting me have my time there, Josh, because I know you really like the King Grayskull. (laughs) (laughs) I hope I didn't anger anyone, you know, not too bad. I know. Well, you know, if you, yeah, guys, if we tick you off. Yeah, feel, feel free. Leave us voicemails. Send us comments. Give us stuff, uh, you know, to uh, to play on the show and argue with. Heck yeah. Uh, you know I love to Send argue. Go to uh, masterscast.com, click on submit your voice, or contact us. Yeah. 
And I'll, maybe I'll read your email on the air. Especially if you make it inventive. Inventive emails are really good. <laughs> yeah, the more interesting your email, the better the chances are it will get read. Exactly. Or some like crazy voicemail. But please, this is a family show. Keep the four-letter words to a minimum. <laughs> All right, thanks for I listening. I think that was a slap at me, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, although I do believe I, so. I do believe I said damn earlier in the episode, so yes, you did. Yes, you slap did. me on the hand too. <laughs> um, so thank you for listening to Masters Cast. I also want to say that we should have one more episode out, most likely, if not a full episode of Minicast, before our San Diego Comic Con coverage. If you're going to San Diego Comic Con, find myself, Josh, or Katie. I have a microphone, and you are going to talk to us because I know you want to. Um, so please yes, don't run away. Come talk to us because I am John Callis, also known as the Shadow. I'm Josh the Lion Court, also known as Lion Court. And I'm Katie Carty, also known as Rainbow Bright. In the good words of Dolph Lundgren, <laughs> we leave you with two, two little words, and those would be good, good journey. Good job, Josh. You did it slow that time. I knew. I knew somebody was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Couldn't uh, let you get away with that one without me. Yeah.